Good morning, Sonship, and welcome to the next to the very last day of our text reading daily conference call, where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracle Society. Today we're in the Manual for Teachers, <clears throat> excuse me, we're reading um, section 27, What is Death? Paragraphs 1 through 7. And then we're going to read section 28, What is the Resurrection? Paragraphs 1 through 6. So in celebration of our year-long reading, I'm going to skip all the announcements and turn the call over to our beloved sister Sharon for our morning prayer. Sharon? Okay, then. Thank you. Dear Brother Jesus and my sisters and brothers, Jesus, you point out that it is insane to believe that life can be defined as the short span between the birth and death of the physical body. Yet, it is how we describe life, how we even describe time. On headstones, the prominent descriptor that is always listed is the person's birth and death date. This has to mean that the date of death is one of the most important facts to remember about our loved ones. Isn't that odd? Death is a focus of many cultures. For example, traditionally in the lives of Asian and Jewish people, one of the most important days on the calendar is the anniversary of a loved one's death, which is celebrated every year. Proper burial was huge in ancient Greece and Rome, especially for royalty. My favorite is the Catholic Church, which has a complex tradition revolving around the days following the death of the Pope, including numerous masses. For hundreds of years, even the pronouncement of the Pope's death was ritualized. I've read that, in, quote, immediately after the general absolution, the body was placed in triple coffins made of cypress, lead, and elm, at the site of which stand the chief priests and cardinal. Two veils of silk were placed over the face and hands of the pontiff. A great clanking re-echoed from chapel to chapel. It was caused by the taps of the coffin which was being sealed and crossed with violet ribbons. Quote. The coffins each had their very own important symbolism. But of course... The pagan celebration of Samhain on October 31st is described as a ceremony to offer the time of year when, quote, we can watch as the earth literally dies for the season, unquote. Benjamin Franklin said there were only two things certain in life, and we know what those are, death and, thanks Rob, taxes. Jesus, you explained that, quote, death is a central dream from which all illusions stem, unquote. Quote, it is the one fixed, unchangeable belief of the world that all things in it are born only to die, unquote. The belief that life revolves around death, you point out, terribly skews our understanding of God. You tell us, quote, in this perception of the universe as God created it, it would not be possible to think of 
God is loving. For those who decreed that all things pass away, ending in dust and disappointment and despair, could but be feared. Unquote. When someone dies, it is traditional to say that God works in mysterious ways, that God needed that person, that it is God's will that she or he is taken from us. The message is that what he wants and needs is far more important than what we want and need. And it's too bad because he's so much more powerful anyway. He gets what he wants. We conclude that God takes our love from us. We learn that if we do not lovingly release our loved one to God, we are going against his will, and that can't be a good thing. So through death, we learn that God is a being of loss, sacrifice, and induces us to feel guilt. Jesus, isn't it odd that your death is such a huge focus of the Christian tradition? The lesson of the crucifixion, which is the ultimate death, is the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate loss, the ultimate sin, which should bring the ultimate guilt. It was all overseen and allowed by God himself, who did not, quote, take this cup from me, Quote, it is so sadly ironic that we have made the death of your body into the symbol for all of this and for Christianity. You point out that, quote, death is a symbol of the fear of God. His love is blotted out in the idea, quote, end quote. It holds an image of the Son of God in which he is laid to rest in devastation's arms. Unquote. We are taught that God created everything that could die. So God and death are bonded by the glue of fear. Since fear and love are opposites, we, of course, distrust God. We distrust love. We crave to hold love, to hold God dear, to have the experience of real safety. But to do that, we have to feel a real reason to trust. If only we could trust the God of love. If only we could feel safe. If only we could feel at home. This is the cry of humanity. I look to your teaching to resolve this. Thank you, dear brother Jesus, for the incredible gift we are about to receive in your words about the dream of death, about the nature of life. We are learning that there really is deep and concrete reason to trust. We are learning the nature of salvation from all of this fear. We are learning that there is a light that brings relief and abundant gladness and that we can have a deep and soul-satisfying experience of the love which we create, crave, that we can trust this love. 
Oh, my profound gratitude for this. I so look forward to today's reading. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Amen. All right. So listening, I have Catherine and Rob. And then in order, I have Reverend Rija, Lee, Paula, Sharon, Fran, Ida, Carl, Josie. And has anyone else joined the call that would love to get on the reading list to say good morning? Uh, good morning. It's Mary. I can read you. Great. Thanks, Mary. Oh, Stephen, I'm here. I'll be listening this morning. Hi, Stephen. Glad you're here. Anyone else? Good morning, it's Renee. I'll be listening. Hi, Renee. Happy New Year. Glad you're here. Happy New Year. I didn't want to miss the resurrection. I've had plenty of crucifixion experience. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a recovering Catholic, so this is my favorite. All righty. 27. What is death? Death is central... Death is the central dream from which all illusions stem. It is not madness to think of life as being born, aging, losing vitality, and dying in the end. We have asked this question before, but now we need to consider it still more carefully. It is the one fixed, unchangeable belief of all the world that things in it are born only to die. This is regarded as, quote-unquote, the way of nature, and not to be raised to question, but to be accepted as the, quote-unquote, natural law of life. The cyclical, the changing and the unsure, the undependable and the unsteady, waxing and waning in a certain way upon a path. All this is taken as the will of God, when no one asks if a benign creator could will this. Good question. All right, Reverend Rita, one and two, please. Okay. What is death? Death is the central dream from which all illusions stem. Is it not madness to think of life as being born, aging, losing vitality, and dying in the end? We have asked this question before, and now we need to consider it still more carefully. It is the one fixed, unchangeable belief of the world that all things in it are born only to die. This is regarded as, quote, the way of nature, unquote, not to be raised to question, but to be accepted as the, quote, unquote, natural law of life. The cyclical, the changing, and the unsure, the undependable, and the unsteady, waxing and waning in a certain way upon a certain path, all this is taken as the will of God. And no one asks if a benign creator could will this too. In this perception of the universe as God created it, it it would not be possible to think of him as loving. For who has decreed that all things pass away Ending in dust and disappointment and despair could but be feared. He holds your little life in his hand, but by a thread, ready to break it off without regret or care, perhaps today. Or if he waits, yet is the ending certain. 
Who loves such a God knows not of love, because he has denied that life is real. Death has become life's symbol. His world is now a battleground where contradiction reigns and opposites make endless war. Where there is death is peace impossible. Thank you, Reverend Rija. Lee, two and three, please. In this perception of the universe as God created it, it would not be possible to think of him as loving. For who has decreed that all things pass away, ending in dust and disappointment and despair, could but be feared? He holds your little life in his hand but by a thread, ready to break it off without regret or care perhaps today, or if he waits, yet is the ending certain. Who loves such a God knows not of love, because he has denied that life is real. Death has become life's symbol. His world is now a battleground where contradiction reigns, and opposites make endless war. Where there is death, is peace impossible? Three, death is the symbol of the fear of God. His love is blotted out in the idea, which holds it from awareness, like a shield held to obscure the sun. The grimness of the symbol is enough to show it cannot coexist with God. It holds an image of the Son of God in which he is, quote, laid to rest in devastation's arms, where worms wait to greet him and to last a little while by his destruction. Yet the worms, as well, are doomed to be destroyed as certainly. And so do all things live because of death, devouring is nature's, quote, law of life. God is insane, and fear alone is real. Thank you, Lee. Paula, three and four, please. Death is the symbol of the fear of God. His love is blotted out in the idea, which holds it from awareness like a shield held to obscure the sun. The grimness of the symbol is enough to show it cannot coexist with God. It holds an image of the Son of God in which he is, quote, laid to rest, unquote, in devastation's arms, where worms wait to greet him and to last a little while by his destruction. Yet the worms as well are doomed to be destroyed as certainly. And so do all things live because of death. Devouring is nature's, quote, lure of life. God is insane, and fear alone is real. Four, the curious believe, belief that there is part of dying things, the curious belief that there is part of dying things that may go on apart from what will die does not proclaim a loving God nor reestablish any grounds for trust. If death is real for anything, there is no life. 
death denies life. But if there is reality in life, death is denied. No compromise in this is possible. There is either a God of fear or one of love. The world attempts a thousand compromises and will attempt a thousand more. Not one can be acceptable to God's teachers because not one could be acceptable to God. He did not make death because he did not make fear. Both are equally meaningless to him. Thank you, Paula. And Sharon, four and five, please. The curious belief that there is part of dying things that may go on apart from what will die does not proclaim a loving God nor reestablish any grounds for trust. If death is real for anything, there is no life. Death denies life. But if there is a reality in life, death is denied. No compromise in this is possible. There is either a God of fear or one of love. The world attempts a thousand compromises and will attempt a thousand more. Not one can be acceptable to God's teachers because not one could be acceptable to God. He did not make death because he did not make fear. Both are equally meaningless to him. The, quote, reality of death is firmly rooted in the belief that God's son is a body. And if God created bodies, death would indeed be real. But God would not be loving. There is no point at which the contrast between the perception of the real world and that of the world of illusions because becomes more sharply evident. Death is indeed the death of God if he is love. And now his own creation must stand in fear of him. He is not father, but destroyer. He is not creator, but avenger. Terrible his thoughts and fearful his image. To look on his creations is to die. Thank you, Sharon. Um, Moran, five and six, please. Five. The quote-unquote reality of death is firmly rooted in the belief that God's son is a body. And if God created bodies, death would indeed be real. But God would not be loving. There is no point at which the contrast between the perception of the real world and that of the world of illusions becomes more sharply evident. Death is indeed the death of God, if he is love. And now his own creation must stand in fear of him. He is not father, but destroyer. He is not creator, but avenger. Terrible his thoughts and fearful his image. To look on his creations is to die. Six, quote, and the last to be overcome will be death. Of course, without the idea of death, there is no world. All dreams will end with this one. This is salvation's final goal, the end of all illusions. 
and in death are all illusions born. What can be born of death and still have life? But what is born of God and still can die? The inconsistencies, the compromises, and the rituals the world fosters in vain attempts to cling to death and yet to think love real are mindless magic, ineffectual and meaningless. God is, and in him all created things must be eternal. Do you not see that otherwise he has an opposite and fear would be as real as love? Thank you, friend. Ida, six and seven, please. Six. And the last to be overcome will be death, quote-unquote. Of course. Without the idea of death, there is no world. All dreams will end with this one. This is salvation's final goal, the end of all illusions. And in death are all illusions born. What can be born of death and still have life? But what is born of God and still can die? The inconsistencies, the compromises, and the rituals the world fosters in its vain attempts to cling to death and yet to think love real are mindless magic, ineffectual and meaningless. God is. And in him, all created things must be eternal. Do you not see that otherwise she has an opposite? And fear would be as real as love. <clears throat> Seventh, teacher of God, your one assignment could be stated thus. Accept no compromise in which death plays a part. Do not believe in cruelty, nor let attack conceal the truth from you. What seems to die has but been misperceived and carried to illusion. Now it becomes your task to let the illusion be brought to the truth. Be steadfast, but in this. Be not deceived by the, quote, reality, unquote, of any changing form. Truth neither moves nor wavers nor sinks down to death and dissolution. And what is the end of death? Nothing but this. The realization that the Son of God is guiltless now and forever. Nothing but this. But do not let yourself forget it is not less than this. Thank you, Ida. Uh, let's see, one more. Seven. Uh, Carl, seven, please. Teacher of God, your one assignment could be stated thus. Accept no compromise in which, in which death plays a part. Do not believe in cruelty, nor let attack conceal the truth from you. What seems to die has been, what seems to die has but been misperceived and carried to illusion. Now it becomes your task to let the illusion be brought to the truth. Be steadfast but in this. Be not deceived by the quote-unquote reality of any changing form. Truth neither moves nor wavers nor sinks down to death and dis dissolution. And what is the end of death? Nothing but this. The realization that the Son of God is guiltless now and forever. 
nothing but this. But do not let yourself forget it is not less than this. Amen. Thank you, Carl. Um, the floor is open. Just a friendly reminder, there's 23 people on the call this morning, and we have another reading. So for those of us, <clears throat> myself mostly, that love to share a lot, um, just recognize there's a lot of people that probably would love to um, talk about this very fascinating se section. All right, the floor is open. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. This is Sharon. I'll just say this briefly. It it strikes me as even though I was raised in a Protestant church, Methodist minister's daughter, Methodist minister's granddaughter, even though there's no body hanging off the cross in my childhood, still the symbol of God's love is the means of torture of course, to death, it just, it just perplexes me no end. And I was so grateful when I found the Unity Church eventually, which and could not find a single cross anywhere in the church, except on the hymnals, I think. Maybe not even there, I can't remember. Um, but probably not even on the hymnals. So I was really grateful to find that, and it just makes sense that Unity Church also happens to be such a supporter of the Course. That's where I found the Course, and Often people in the Unity Church have course meetings there. So I'm just um, just musing on that. It's such a strange and dramatic irony. Thanks. I'm complete. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks, Thank Sharon. You. I just have one quick question. Thanks, what does it mean for, to not accept any compromise in which death plays a part, unquote? What does that mean? Thank you. It okay. means that the person is to declare that they are eternal and they do not intend to die. And when people come around and sell you a, a cremation policy that you say to them just as well as you say to your wife, I really don't think this is necessary. Jesus stated that he shined his body away and that there is no burial of the body. He takes the physical remainder of the body that circles around him and changes it as he pleases, as you will be able to do. So you don't have to spend $500 like I did on a burial policy for your body when you believe the truth from the Course in Miracles. It's a money-saving outlook. I'm complete. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Hi, it's Lee. There's, there's one way that strikes me, and, and um, it would be his reaffirmation of what, he was, what he's established across this section. If I believe in death, then I believe that when God fashioned me, he fashioned me merely as the body. And I'm associating my life given me by God with the span of time that the body appears to um, have a run across this human episode. 
I imagine myself to be have made I imagine myself to have been made as a body and given only this span by which to experience life. That would be everything about considering myself as the Son of Man. But he's trying to raise me to an awareness of my identity as the Son of God. And the easiest way I can make that work with everything I've read in the Course is just to recognize I'm the Son of God having a human episode. I, as the Son of God, have life prior to and beyond the human episode. That's what I'm reading in these words. When I don't consider that larger frame as a Son of God, then in fact, I begin to look about me and I see the waxing and waning of physicality and I see it through a frame that features the fact that death seems to finally overtake life and become victor over life. I find that I'm actually denying the nature of my life by raising this certain end so where it's featured over everything I experience as life. So when I think of what life is, and I think of it in this small little aperture of the time allotted here, then I'm, in essence, denying life. And furthermore, all of my affairs, all of my thought, all of my aspirations, all of my sense of uh, fate or destiny, all of everything is impacted by this sense of impending death. It reaches into my life, it reaches into culture, it reaches into affairs, it reaches everywhere with its, as he describes elsewhere, its bony fingers. They penetrate into everything and alter entirely my experience of the grace of this wondrous existence. I think he's trying to lift me from the frame of reference of a son of man and awaken in me the frame of reference as a son of God and have me understand that would completely alter this twisted relationship with what I presently conceive death to be. I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. We have a special relationship with death, don't we? That we (laughs) have to make a holy relationship by basically denying it. (laughs) Seems like. Anyway, that's all I have to say. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Lee. That was great. Thank you. Lee, that was really wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, Sharon. Good morning. It's Kathleen. Um, I'm so grateful for this reading today and for Sharon's prayer. Um, if you were on the text call, I shared that our our dog, um, our beautiful companion, is making this transition today. And I feel like after this reading, I can truly say that I would call it a transition. And there's a sentence in the reading that says, the teacher of God's challenge is to bring illusion truth and so now I feel like I'm going to be able to like I just feel like I'm being told to be happy don't don't be sad and now I can see that this reading's like 
don't be a martyr. Don't put on a shroud. Don't be pouty. Be, I can be happy because there's no death. There's only the death of my understanding of Felix as a body. Felix isn't a body. He's an idea, a being, and, and he's... And if I bring that body to truth, there'll be no change other than in my understanding of what his what he already is. So I know there's no coincidence. I'm so grateful to be on this call today. And uh, blessings to you all. Thank you for that. Thank you. Wow. What a blessing. Yeah. Uh, Reverend Rita, what do you say? How about a prayer for Catherine and her family today? Oh, certainly. We'll uh, we'll we'll join together in a in a prayer, in a some moments of quiet, and opening our hearts to what is real. We have all experienced loss of some kind over our time here, and we have all looked at it in different ways at different times. It presents to us an opportunity. All things present the same opportunity to see what is real. Love is real. Fear would show us that we have lost something, that something is temporary, that there is pain and desolation. But love is real. He tells us love is all-encompassing and can have no opposite. So as we turn to love's vision, Christ's vision, we look on all things, including the loss, the seeming loss of loved ones. It is not so. There is only life, and that life I share with God and everything he created. And that's why we came to awaken to that truth. And as we awaken, our brothers awaken with us. Now we see a purpose in the limitation we have chosen. We chose it purposely so that in that moment of awakening, in that shift, that miracle... We stand there as witness to love, which is real. Witness for ourselves and for our brothers. How beautiful is that? Every moment is an opportunity to do this. Thank you. Gratitude, such gratitude for everything. There is only life. There is only love. And it is eternal. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Beautiful. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is Sharon again. One more just really quick share is that I know a community in which when somebody dies, they it's of course a miracles community. In which somebody dies, they are told they're asked, Why are you feeling sad? There is no death. And that's the side of the coin that I feel is um not a loving and compassionate one because, of course, walking around in these bodies, in these lives that we experience, there is a sense, a profound sense of loss when somebody we love dies. And so 
my choice is to never allow myself to be outside of compassion enough to not acknowledge that a person's life is dramatically altered when a loved one dies. So that's that's important for me. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Sharon, for that. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, it's, Sharon. It's very, it's very problematic when a loved neighbor takes her own life until the seven, eight, ten, eleven people show up that can certify of their mishandling by the neighbor. So, this idea that we know something, that we should be sad about something, that we should get in between God and that being and have some emotion about it, emotion. It's all right to have a feeling, and I will miss my neighbor because it was a good one. But I also recognize the complexity of the situation and that she and God had to work out things. This, I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Um, this is a Reverend Richard Joy, and you know, my son is uh, hes so wise. He's a... Uh, an acup- he was an acupuncturist, not practicing, practicing right now, but he's such a wise, wise soul. And he told me that there's this teaching, um, I believe it's Zen, that it's not um, either or, it's, it's this and. You know, it's both. It's like, a, so when I have experienced the loss, um, so an example, a person I taught yoga for, she's only 65, I taught at her studio. Uh, she passed away. Uh, her heart stopped. And, mm, you know, she was a, a Reiki master, an herbologist, but it was her, she, this is her, you know, her chosen uh, way of laying down her body and the chosen time. So I was, oh, I was just, oh, what a shock. I mean, it was sudden, very sudden, out of the blue. So there's a part of your mind that reels when this happens because you had no time to to grasp it. And there is a deep loss and a uh, an emptiness, and yet it's amazing that on top of that, it's a paradox. At the same time, what comes in waves is a is a recognition of her soul's journey and an honoring because and there's it's a it's it's next to the the knowing that there is no death that she is eternal so and she's on her journey so there's both there's the loss there's um the grieving which is only natural but then there's in the same moment there's an honoring of her journey and uh, with this course there's a there's the knowing and the opening to that which is uh, eternal 
that she is sinless and guiltless, that she's a child of God who is, who was not the body who chose to come in and have this journey with me. And I'm so grateful that we had that time and, and just honor her and her journey. It's all of our journeys. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to share that experience. And uh, thanks, I'm complete. Thanks, Reverend Rita. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Beautiful description of the complexity. I just wanted to uh, chime in right quick. Um, I've been listening in, and uh, I was really touched by what uh, Sharon brought up about compassion Um, because it it seems that, uh, you know, when I read the, the course and it talks about what's real and what's not real, and because uh, I still experience uh, guilt and, and ego uh, reactions to things in my perceptions, um, I, I still <laughs> have a dream that appears tumultuous at times. And um, compassion, it does soften the blow a bit. Um, and, and how I, I'm experiencing whatever it is that I experience. And I just wanted to say that, um, you know, it, the loss can be whatever it happens to be a change in for me, whether it's a relationship and then, of course, with uh, the person trans- making the transformation, um, a transition rather than leaving their bodies or whether they're still in their bodies, but yet we're just not uh, in communication. Um, so for whatever it represents to me, um, it is very helpful in a very healing uh, experience of love for me to have someone um, just express compassion um, as opposed to kind of just telling me about what the, what this is and what this ain't uh, in the moment uh, because something in me obviously believes in whatever it is that loss is, whatever that experience of that loss is, and just kind of honoring it to move myself through. And eventually it'll be okay. It'll be okay, you know, and that's uh, what I'm experiencing right now, a sense of that. Um, and just, you know, I'm, I'm moving through it, um, but I sometimes struggle with being compassionate towards my own self, but, uh, I love that, um, <laughs> it was brought into plain, simple terms that, uh, the teacher of God's, uh, only challenge is to bring, uh, illusions to truth, and so that's a simple prayer for me today, you know, that all my illusions be brought to truth, and thank God that there is help. And thank God that uh, the part of me that loves me so deeply has this wonderful circle of um, family members around me. So thank you so much. I love y'all. Thank you, Carla. Thank you, Carla. That was great. Oh, wonderful to hear your voices, Chris. Um, you know, it's, it's exactly what I wanted to share on because one of the biggest confusions for me is how can I be a core student and be a really good human being. And sometimes they feel separate, and that's my problem, I know. But there's this beautiful um, advice going around social media right now, and I just want to share it because it's really that Chapter 5 prayer. 
And it just says, um, be there, only be there. Oh, and just another quick shout out to Reverend Regent. This is your meet people where they are way to, to walk this earth. That, and that, that it says, don't leave when you feel uncomfortable or when you feel like not doing anything. It's recommending never say everything happens for a reason because that's just so painful. And that when you feel uncomfortable, um, that's where you're supposed to be. And you say, and I offered this to you, Catherine. I acknowledge your pain, and I'm here with you. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you, you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Chris. That was great. Thank you, Chris. That was good. Thank you, Chris. We have seven more paragraphs to go and get to the good part of the resurrection. So unless anyone wants to talk um, about this anymore, I never would imagine we might be able to go over a little bit today. Does anyone have anything else they want to share on what is death? Oh, shoot. I guess I do have one last thought here. <laughs> it's Lee. <laughs> I just, um, I, I feature the contrast that he provides between thinking of life one way and thinking of it as the other. And he knows that we all begin by thinking of, of death as the end of life. Um, but he um, wants me to recognize death is not the end of life, nor was my birth the beginning of life. As I was created, and as he states in the second to last line, God is, and in him all created things must be eternal. That is what he wants me to hold in mind. That, taken with the sentence, the reality of the so-called reality of death is firmly rooted in the belief that God's Son is a body, um, heightens my understanding that I had misunderstood and believed that life, my 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 life was constrained to this particular span of time and there's a way of understanding what i am that extends far beyond this span of time and lastly in two that opening sentence in two as he describes this grim way that i think of life when i imagine that this is the span limited to the body's duration that was given me in creation by which to experience life. He says, in this perception of the universe as God created it, it would not be possible to think of him as loving. So he's, he's told me that is a, an idea contrary to the very idea of accepting God's love for me. That there's a that there's an embedded orientation toward my creator in this idea that my span of life runs from birth to death that is in defiance of the very um, experience of fully washing in his love and being lifted to what he has offered me by way of my life. So uh, that's all I had. Thanks, Chris, for asking. And in line with that beautiful statement that is so so bringing things together the way you always do we have to remember that the format we're using is that when a person begins to speak we let them finish and when we let jesus finish who knows when that will be he turns out not to be such a bad guy when he said 2,022 years ago that 
people say I have come to bring peace, but I have come with my words and will cause fire, sword, and war. Because everyone will have an idea that they haven't checked out with their elder brother. So when Raj points out, as Jesus on the Internet, that every bodily death is a suicide by the soul that has that body, then you can be sure that listening to him in the beginning and the middle is worthwhile listening to him on as he goes because he's going to explain exactly why what he just said was true. He doesn't tell you things merely to upset you. He tells you things to cause you to be mildly curious, and he comforts you as he goes. I just believe him. I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. All right, Carl, what do you say? 28, what is the resurrection? Paragraph 1, please. Paragraph 1. Very simply, the resurrection is the overcoming or surmounting of death. It is a reawakening or a rebirth, a change of mind about the meaning of the world. It is the acceptance of the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the world's purpose the acceptance of the atonement for oneself. It is the end of dreams of misery and the glad awareness of the Holy Spirit's final dream. It is the recognition of the gifts of God. It is the dream in which the body functions perfectly, having no function except communication. It is the lesson in which learning ends, for it is consummated and surpassed with this. It is the invitation to God to take his final step. It is the relinquishment of all other purposes, all other interests, all other wishes, and all other concerns. It is the single desire of the Son for the Father. Thank you, Carl. Josie, one and two, please. Very simply, the resurrection is the overcoming or surmounting of death. It is a reawakening or a rebirth, a change of mind about the meaning of the world. It is the acceptance of the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the world's purpose, the acceptance of the atonement for oneself, It is the end of dreams of misery and the glad awareness of the Holy Spirit's final dream. It is the recognition of the gifts of God. It is the dream in which the body functions perfectly, having no function except communication. It is the lesson in which learning ends, for it is consummated and surpassed with this. It is the invitation to God to take his final step. It is the relinquishment of all other purposes, all other interests, all other wishes, and all other concerns. 
It is the single desire of the Son for the Father. 2. The resurrection is the denial of death, being the assertion of life. Thus is all the thinking of the world reversed entirely. Life is now recognized as salvation, and pain and misery of any kind perceived as hell. Love is no longer feared, but gladly welcomed. Idols have disappeared, and the remembrance of God shines unimpeded across the world. Christ's face is seen in every living thing, and nothing is held in darkness apart from the light of forgiveness. There is no sorrow still upon the earth. The joy of heaven has come upon it. Thank you, Josie. Uh, Mary, two and three, please. Resurrection is the denial of death, being the assertion of life. Thus is all the thinking of the world reversed entirely. Life is now recognized as salvation, and pain and misery of any kind perceived as hell. Love is no longer feared, but gladly welcomed. Idols have disappeared, and the remembrance of God shines unimpeded across the world. Christ's face is seen in every living thing, and nothing is held in darkness apart from the light of forgiveness. There is no sorrow still upon the earth. The joy of heaven has come upon it. Three. Here the curriculum ends. From here on, no directions are needed. Vision is wholly corrected and all mistakes undone. Attack is meaningless, and peace has come. The goal of the curriculum has been achieved. Thoughts turn to heaven and away from hell. All longings are satisfied. For what remains unanswered or incomplete, the last illusion spreads over the world forgiving all things and replacing all attack. The whole reversal is accomplished. Nothing is left to contradict the word of God. There is no opposition to the truth, and now the truth can come at last. How quickly will it come as it is asked to enter and envelop such a world. Thank you, Mary. Reverend Rita, three and four, please. Okay, three. Here, the curriculum ends. From here on, no directions are needed. Vision is wholly corrected and all mistakes undone. Attack is meaningless and peace has come. The goal of the curriculum has been achieved. Thoughts turn to heaven 
and away from hell. All longings are satisfied for what remains unanswered or incomplete. The last illusion spreads over the world, forgiving all things and replacing all attack. The whole reversal is accomplished. Nothing is left to contradict the word of God. There is no opposition to the truth. And now the truth can come at last. How quickly will it come as it is asked to enter and envelop such a world? For all living hearts are tranquil with a stir of deep anticipation for the time of everlasting things is now at hand. There is no death. The Son of God is free and in his freedom is the end of fear. No hidden places now remain on earth to shelter sick illusions, dreams of fear, and misperceptions of the universe. All things are seen in light, and in the light their purpose is transformed and understood. And we, God's children, rise up from the dust and look upon our perfect sinlessness. The song of heaven sounds around the world as it is lifted up and brought to truth. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Lee, four and five, please. All living hearts are tranquil with a stir of deep anticipation for the time of everlasting things is now at hand. There is no death. The Son of God is free and in his freedom is the end of fear. No hidden places now remain on earth to shelter sick illusions, dreams of fear, and misperceptions of the universe. All things are seen in light, and in the light their purpose is transformed and understood. And we, God's children, rise up from the dust and look upon our perfect sinlessness, the song of heaven sounds around the world and it is lifted up and brought to truth. Five, now there are no distinctions. Differences have disappeared and love looks on itself. What further sight is needed? What remains that vision could accomplish? We have seen the face of Christ, his sinlessness, his love behind all forms, beyond all purposes. Holy are we because his holiness has set us free indeed, and we accept his holiness as ours, as it is. As God created us, so will we be forever and forever, and we wish for nothing but his will to be our own. Illusions of another will are lost, for unity of purpose has been found. Thank you, Lee. Paula, five and six. Now there are no distinctions. Differences have disappeared, and love looks on itself. What further sight is needed? What remains that vision could accomplish? We have seen the face of Christ, his sinlessness, his love behind all forms, beyond all purposes, Holy are we, because his holiness has set us free indeed, and we accept his holiness as ours, as it is. As God created us, so will we be forever and forever, and we wish for nothing but his will to be our own. 
Illusions of another will are lost, for unity of purpose has been found. 6. These things await us all, but we have not prepared as yet to welcome them with joy. As long as any mind remains possessed of evil dreams, the thought of hell is real. God's teachers have the goal of wakening the minds of those asleep and seeing there the vision of Christ's face to take the place of what they dreamed. Thought of murder is replaced with blessing. Judgment is laid by and given him whose function judgment is. And in his final judgment is restored the truth about the Holy Son of God. He is redeemed, for he has heard God's word and understood its meaning. He is free because he let God's voice proclaim the truth. And all he sought before to crucify are resurrected with him by his side as he prepares with them to meet his God. Thank you, Paula. And Sharon, six, please. Sorry, just a second. I need to get to the other room. Thank you. I'm sorry for the delay. These things await us all, but we are not prepared as yet to welcome them with joy. As long as any mind remains possessed of all of evil dreams, the thought of hell is real. God's teachers have a goal of wakening the minds of those asleep and seeing there the vision of Christ's face to take the place of what they dreamed. The thought of murder is replaced with blessing. Judgment is laid by and given him whose function judgment is. And in his final judgment is restored the truth about the Holy Son of God. He is redeemed. For he has heard God's word and understood its meaning. He is free because he let God's voice proclaim the truth. And all he sought before to crucify are resurrected with him by his side as he prepares with them to meet his God. Amen. The floor's open. Amen. This is a part I want to read every day. <laughs> Especially, I think, the second paragraph which describes the, you know, vividly the real world, the world in which we have resurrected ourselves by not believing in death anymore, by believing in God, and God is life. <laughs> I'm complete. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Nicely put, Ida. Thanks. Thanks, Ida. My thoughts exactly. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you, Ida. Folks, we're in the middle. This is Rob. We're in the middle of a wonderful story, the greatest story ever told. We are the actors, and we are that which God has caused as an effect. And it is the loveliest thing that could happen to a being in the cosmos to grow into God's design. And our brother Jesus leads us perfectly. I'm complete.
Thanks, Rob. Beautiful. Thank you, Rob. Thank, Thank you, Rob. Beautiful. It's Lee. What I, what I read in this section is a description of what it would be to have the mind <clears throat> fully awakened across this life, to have it completely shrug off the ego's dream of fear and the ego's belief in death, as he described it in the prior section. In that very second line, after saying that resurrection is the overcoming or surmounting of death, for me, does that mean, um, by the way, the overcoming or surmounting of laying my body down? For me, it doesn't need address that at all. In fact, it's more powerful if I realize that the surmounting of death is the surmounting of what he described as my present orientation toward um, the departure from this life. My present orientation toward the seeming small span of time I have to participate in life. But after saying it's the surmounting of death, he says it's the reawakening, it's a rebirth, it's a change of mind about the meaning of the world. That full waking that my mind is capable of, that Jesus demonstrated and speaks so imploringly that I invite, alters everything. It completely lifts from me the ego's dream of death, its whole orientation toward this life as fear. And it offers me the opportunity to identify with life, to identify fully with glorious life, the glory of my creation, the glory of creation, and try to understand that until I identify with life, I still identify with death. I still, and in some ways, directed by this overarching belief that we have in the way that we conceive of death. The invitation is to life. And two, he says, the resurrection is the denial of death, being the assertion of life. Thus is all the thinking of the world reversed entirely. Life is now recognized as salvation. Love's no longer feared. Idols disappeared. Remembrance of God shines unimpeded across the world. What is he describing to me but the capacity that my mind has to suddenly completely shrug off all the mistaken um, formulations, foundational beliefs, and outlook toward the world that reflected the ego's belief and even worship of death as ruling over life. So much is available to me then if I identify with life. Suddenly my heart opens to receiving all the gifts of life. There isn't that blockage that the ego imposes between the awareness of all that's mine and, 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 uh, and my own awareness, between all that's mine and my awareness. Vision is wholly corrected, he says in three, and the goal of the curriculum has been achieved. Everything seen with vision is healed and holy, I'm told in the Course. And um, so my heart's desire is to welcome that vision. I'm complete. Thanks.
Thanks, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. That's beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Lee. You know, this is Reverend Maria Joy, and when you were talking, Lee, when you shared uh, one and two, I believe, and that last, those last two sentences is what I uh, had uh, had focused on because it confirms uh, that same um, thought about uh, seeing the world through Christ's vision. Christ's face is seen in every living thing. And nothing is held in darkness apart from the light of forgiveness. And then this one, there is no sorrow still upon the earth. The joy of heaven has come upon it. I thought that, that's, I focused on that. I thought, wow, is that so cool? There's no sorrow still upon the earth. The joy of heaven has come upon it. I mean, right here and right now, upon the earth is the joy of heaven. If we open to it, when we open to it, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Rija. Thank you, Reverend Rija. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Reverend Rija. That is very cool. I am no longer going to ask the questions such as, how will this come down? How will this be accomplished? Will people stop dying first and then we'll believe? No, uh-uh, no. <laughs> that's not the way it's been. I mean, that's like... The belief of the world is, I'll believe it when I see it. No, we have to see it first. <laughs> then we'll see the evidence. Like, you know, and, and, and so the how no longer becomes important to me. It's the what. It's the yeah. We're changing from the belief in death to the belief in life. And if that means that then at some point people will start to live eternally and not die or people will die older and older and, you know, in some kind of process like that uh, in time until we just see that we are in, now God has lifted us back up into heaven. So that really means that we see that we are, in fact, in heaven now and here, then, you know, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Full of wonder. <laughs> and the oneness of wonder. Okay, I'm complete. You know, we're, we're it's like we're in the uh it's like we're in the forest debating trees, you know. I mean, when we're in this physical form talking about what happens in this physical form, uh the idea of remembering that this is just a illusory uh, um phase um, I'm sure we've all had that experience where you're in the middle of a dream and you and you wake up and <laughs> first off you know sometimes it's oh my god thank goodness that's just a dream and everything is okay or it's like you wake up oh that was a good one I'd like to go back and you try to go <laughs> try to go back to sleep to catch it again <laughs> you know? and I kind of think that's what we're supposed to be doing when we when we awake at the next dimension of consciousness, you know, when we are closer to heaven and we release the dream of, of this experience, uh, whew, I'm glad that's over and I'm glad it was just a dream, you know. Or, geez, I, I want to go back to that. And and I think that's, the, you know, the regret of, of unfinished business here in this, uh, in this dream. But, 
but that idea of recognizing the fact that you know we will wake up from the truth just like we do when we wake up from our nighttime dreams we'll be doing the same thing here and we'll wake up and recognize and look back and go it was just a dream at least that's, that's what i'm hoping for <laughs> i'm complete me too thank you Stephen. <laughs> thank you that makes a lot of sense to me yeah wow thank you Stephen. Well, Reverend Rita, what do you say? Shall we pray? Yes, thanks, Chris. We'll end our time together today by going within, closing our eyes, joining in the one mind. We are the Son of God, united with our Creator, united with one another in life. Today, in the Manual for Teachers of A Course in Miracles, we looked at what is death. I learned today that I have taken death for granted, as if it were natural, although perhaps I wondered inwardly if, quote, a benign creator could will this, unquote. As I was taught in this world, I thought death were a given and not to be challenged. And yet, by doing so, must I have also thought in the deep recesses of my mind, that whomever and whatever created this world is anything but loving. How could they be loving if death is always the end of whatever lives? Doesn't this deny that life is real? And doesn't death then become a symbol for life? How ludicrous is this? When I make death real, then, quote, his love is blotted out in the idea, which holds it from awareness like a shield held to obscure the sun. The grimness of the symbol is enough to show it cannot coexist with God. Unquote. How many times have we lamented when faced with the death of a loved one that God is cruel and unfair? It made no sense, and so the belief that only fear is real took shape and hope was lost. It is no wonder our teens are in despair and leaving this plane through drugs and suicide. There is no hope if death is real. What an amazingly strong illusion is this illusion of death. We seemingly have no evidence that death is not the end of life, so it reigns supreme. Yet we are told by the love within our hearts, quote, God is, and in him all created things must be eternal. Do you not see that otherwise he has an opposite, and fear would be as real as love? Unquote. And now I, I recall that he told me in the introduction of this course, quote, the opposite of love is fear, but what is all-encompassing can have no opposite, unquote. And so today we pray, Father, Mother, God, today you have given me my one assignment, which is, quote, to let illusion be brought to the truth, and be not deceived by the reality of any changing form, unquote. You told me 
the end of death is, quote, the realization that the Son of God is guiltless now and forever, unquote. Help me then break through this heavy curtain of doubt and despair that the belief in death has wrought and look instead upon a resurrected world. This is the rebirth I long for, the change in mind about the meaning of the world. You tell me this resurrection which I seek is the acceptance of the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the world's purpose. Yes, this is what I seek today, and only this. Now, a vision of a redeemed world is given me by you. Quote, Christ's face is seen in every living thing, and nothing is held in darkness apart from the light of forgiveness. All things are seen in light, and in the light their purpose is transformed and understood. And we, God's children, rise up from the dust and look upon our perfect sinlessness. The song of heaven sounds round the world as it is lifted up and brought to truth. We have seen the face of Christ, his sinlessness, his love behind all forms, beyond all purposes. As God created us, so will we be forever and forever. And we wish for nothing but his will to be our own. There is no death. The Son of God is free. Unquote. And so it is. Amen. Beautiful. Thank Amen. You. Amen. Thank you. Yes, you're Thank, Thank, Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Love you all. Blessed yeah. day.